Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Romero Records Podcast. We're going to start off by giving you some of our sponsors. First off, we've got the Coffee Ride. The Coffee Ride makes amazing coffee. I'm telling you, they've got ingredients from all over the place. Exotic flavors, flavors, flavor, flavors, such as Ethiopian blends with strawberry, white grape, creamsicle, and jasmine. It's crazy. Their bags are biodegradable. Their farmers are paid well and local. One goal is to be able to ride their coffee to each home in order to avoid the use of gasoline or cars in general. It's crazy. Do us all a favor and order from this local company at thecoffeeride.com and receive 20% at checkout with the code Romero. That's R-O-M-E-R-A. We're also brought to you by Simper Savage. Simper Savage has done the work for you when it comes to making a salad dressing. Now, when I spoke to the owner of Simper Savage, he described to me that he wanted to have a salad dressing with no sugar, none of those added preservatives, none of that extra crap. Well, guess what? He is delivered. Simper Savage has none of those added sugars, none of that extra crap, no, none of that extra salt, those preservatives, none of that. This goes great as marinating meat. It goes great as marinating your veggies. Is that a thing? Do you marinate the veggies or is it just a dressing? Anyways, put Simper Savage on everything. It's like hot sauce. You know, you put hot sauce on everything. Do the same thing with Simper Savage dressing. It's amazing. Use code Romero Records at checkout at SimperSavage.com. That is S-E-M-P-E-R-S-A-V-A-G-E.com. We're also brought to you by FNX. Yes, FNX. They are formulated by athletes for athletes. You can expect to fill your shelves with high-quality supplements. Dude, FNX has CBD oil, BCAs, creatine, protein. You can get it all at fnxfit.com. Use code SUPA, not super, SUPA, S-U-P-A-H-E-N-D-O, 15 to get 15% off your order at checkout. Superhendo 15. Don't forget that every item purchased, that's a gallon of water. Think about this. They donate a gallon of water. I, I was too excited to, to finish my sentence, but they donate a gallon of water for every item purchased. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So yeah, go check out fnxfit.com. We're also brought to you by Magic Spoon. Now, at first I was really skeptical about Magic Spoon. Their cereal is pretty good. All right, so check this out. You know when you really want a bowl of cereal, but you feel kind of bad about eating it, basically? Well, Magic Spoon is a protein-packed cereal. Now, it's got zero grains, zero sugars, and three net carbs. Now, go ahead and do the Simper Savage and marinate on that. All right? So, everybody knows that they want to have cereal late at night when you're about to go to bed. Add a little protein to that. And how about zero carbs and zero sugars? Get some magic spoon in your life. Use code Hendo Saves. That's H-E-N-D-O-S-A-V-E-S. Hendo Saves. And you're going to get a good little discount at magicspoon.com. Welcome to America's Podcast. Today we have on... Kirk Teachout. How's it going, man? Ah, oh, dude. It's so good to finally <laughs> finally meet you. Yeah. And, so yeah. me and Kirk have been talking for... <laughs> I think it's been about a year. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I had on... Um, what's his name? 
shoot. Um, man, I can't even think of his yeah, name right now. No idea. <laughs> I could think of his name any other time, but I had him on. Yeah. And then he was telling me about you. He was oh, like, Trey. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Trey. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> we won't, we won't tell him. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I had Trey on and then he was yeah. telling me about you. And then yeah. that's when I contacted you. And I think this was like right after you had sold your, your you well, you got rid of your studio because yeah. you were renting and everything. Yeah. So, um, and then I talked to you, I texted you randomly, or I called you, I think. Yeah, I didn't know who you were. Yeah. <laughs> I had to explain who I was yeah, and everything. It's but, all good. Because uh, we only texted like one time. You were telling me about your equipment. But yeah, um, yeah, because I, I was trying to, I was so headstrong about getting a place and everything yeah. like that. And Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was what I pretty much grasped from yeah. you. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to, you know, finally meet you yeah. and talk to you about that kind of stuff because it – so I had a guy on, uh, Ryan Olson, and he's thinking about getting his own place. And, yeah. you know, my advice to him was like, dude, I'm like, he wanted to have a business partner. Sure. So he's got a good bit of clients and he was like, but I want to give, I want to get into business with somebody who's got just about as many clients as I do. And I was yeah. like, that's smart. Yeah. But, um, wait for you the time. Dude. And that's the thing is like you, it was great and it paid for itself, but I'm in the business of profit, not nonprofit. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, uh, like it, it literally had paid for itself because mm-hmm. it wasn't hard because, you know, you work with one client and it pays for a couple months. Mm-hmm. But, um, but at the end of the day, unless you want to be there 24 seven, like that, and that's something I didn't want to do. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be there all the time. I want to be home with my family. So, um, to actually just be there, it, it, it just wasn't for me. Mm. Um, so like, I like having my home studio. Um, I like going upstairs into my, my, my space, um, where I can do anything at any time. I don't have to worry about anything or, or anyone really. Yeah. Um, and you know, worry about if, okay, are there college students like banging drums two floors <laughs> up? And I'm like, okay, okay. But yeah. Yeah. So, so I, how's the, how's the business? Um, I guess changed for you. Has it dropped off? It spiked up. Dude, it's been crazy. Um, so when when COVID nineteen hit and everything started shutting down, so it shut down our our um, our dental practice because my mm-hmm. wife's a dentist. So it shut down our dental practice for about two months, two and a half months, and I just started like just asking how people were doing, mm. and all of a sudden. I had seven records that I was mixing. <laughs> like it, I was like in a two month span. I was like, oh, okay, um, okay. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's do this. Uh, so like it, it was really crazy. Um, you know, everybody because I I do the management company too. So um, everybody on the management side, obviously touring is not a thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just got done with a tour for another band, and everyone's just been a studio rat. So they've just been writing music. We've been strategizing, okay, what are we going to do for the rest of the year? Everything shuts down at the end of the year and begins at the first of the year. What's going to look like next year? Um, So it's really not been, I guess there's just been kind of a shift on what was busy um, versus what now is busy. So yeah, yeah, so my studio stuff has blown up. Um, I went to Kansas not too long ago with a band from Iowa um, recorded their record. I'm finishing mixing that now. Um, when you do that, is, do they have like a studio in mind and you're just the, the engineer that they basically, want? Basically. Yeah. Okay. So this was, yeah, a random studio. Um, 
in the middle of nowhere outside of Columbia, Missouri. Hmm. Um, it was really cool. And it literally was in the middle. Of, I had no cell phone service. <laughs> um, and there was, was a awesome. pond. So like we went fishing on breaks and like dope. all sorts of stuff. Got chiggers. It was, <laughs> it was cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so they, they were just like, hey, we found the studio. Do you want to do that? I've done their last three records. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we did the first one at Ardent. Uh, we did the second one at my studio. Okay. Um, and then we did the third one in, in Columbia. And yeah, it was just, they found it. They were like, hey, is this cool? I looked at all the gear that they had. I talked with the, the owner of it. I was like, hey, what do you have? What do you not have? I brought some stuff. And uh, yeah, we just basically camped in, locked the doors and sweated it out all weekend like men. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so it was cool. It was really cool. And I love doing that ever so often. Mm-hmm. But to do it every day, yeah, for me, uh, you know, it's just not it's not what I want to do. Yeah. So how'd they get in touch with you? Um, I actually called them. Okay. Uh, so from a friend of a friend, um, I was on tour with a band at the time, and on on our way out to the West Coast, uh, we had a, a thirty two hour drive or something. So, uh, yeah, and the first leg was Memphis to Albuquerque, New Mexico. So that was a nineteen hour drive. <laughs> And there was a 45-minute span where I wasn't driving. So I was on the phone the whole time uh, confirming dates and, and getting stuff together. But uh, I, this guy that I'd worked with previously was like, hey, I used to be in this band. I think they would really like love working with you. Uh, why don't you give them a call? So I gave them a call out of the blue. They had no clue who I was. Once mm-hmm. again, just like you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had to explain who I was, what I was doing. I was like, hey, you know, I'm willing to, to help you out. You know, and I'd love to to work with you guys. You know, I'll I'll do the first single for free. You know, if you don't like it, you know, great. Yeah, if yeah. not, then you know, we'll keep working together, hopefully. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, it just kinda we hit it off. We did that first record, they loved it. We did the second record, they loved it again. It just keeps improving and um uh, they keep getting better, I keep getting better. So it just you know, it worked. That's so dope. that's kind of how a lot of the clients that I have work. I don't, mm. I don't really do a lot of new clients. I, I do, but yeah. once I find a client, they just kind of work with you, yeah. you know, constantly. A recurring and, client. Yeah. So, um, you know, once or twice a year, you, you do some stuff for them and, and, uh, just kind of go from there and you pick back up a year later and like, Hey guys, how's it been? <laughs> and then it's like, you never, you know, never, uh, stop talking. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, just I I guess there's just one of the most important things of advice as far as a producer goes. Um, John Hampton, the late John Hampton from Ardent, before he passed, he uh, he told me, don't uh, like once you find a producer that understands you and understands your sound, stick with them. Mm. And uh, you know that worked really well for him. Um, millions of records sold, um, and worked with some crazy clients. Uh, but that kind of stuck with me um, yeah. and has for the last 10 years or so of just like, okay, like I want to do the best job, but I also want to be the right person for these people. And if I'm not, then I, I don't continue working with them. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it be a personality clash or whether it just be like, I just don't feel like I, I serve them well, mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I try to just hand them off to someone. Mm. Um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's. I guess. Yeah. I, I was I was actually talking to Ryan about um just like a the producer like beat maker sure. producers with um with the rappers. Yeah. And I was like those connections that certain people made like Zaytoven and Gucci Man mm-hmm. and um 
what was it? Um, Lex Luger and Waka right. Flocka. They had that Flocka Valley album with right. like all those songs that people <laughs> people knew like those beat producers and knew like a certain artist was about right. to be on the track. And right. so that that right there is like that's that's pure advertisement right there yeah. because people know like, oh, if I look for this person, I'm going to get this person. Right. And I love that, like, connection right. between two people. And then plus people know the quality. Like, oh, yeah. I've got so-and-so on this song. Well, I know they're going to do a good job because they work with so-and-so. Right. So I, I, I think people undervalue a connection between, like, a producer and uh, a songwriter or a, or a singer or a rapper or whatever because that, that up front tells you, you know, what's going to happen. Right. Even if, um, so you were talking about that, that Jamaican blue coffee Dude, and yeah. how, you know, Cafe Electric is, you know, it's selling it. Like, yeah. Somebody knew uh, Cafe Electric, you know, they, they sell good stuff. Well, yeah. then, you know, their coffee is going to be good. And you're right. like, oh, there's Jamaican blue. I've never had it, yeah. but I like Cafe Electric stuff. Yeah. So it must be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that kind of stuff it works wonders for somebody's business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, you, you affiliate. Right with mm-hmm. with certain businesses, yeah. Um, you know, you try to to find you know what works for you, and and you have your name attached to that. So you don't you know want to have a a company attached to your name that you know that isn't great. Yeah, you know, just to have an attachment or exactly. to have an endorsement. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's and that's that's the beauty of affiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's like, like with this coffee, like the coffee ride. So the name they literally. Like in the area where they are, yeah, they will deliver coffee on a bike. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like I was like, man, that sounds like a cool company. So I went to the website and checked out the like some information about the company and whatnot. Sure, and um, they were showing the videos of how the how the guy like started making it yeah. and everything. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. So I was like. I mean, just see if they want to do a, yeah. you know, a sponsorship or whatever. And so it, they said yes. And so that's that's why I brought them on. But yeah. I, I was thinking about what you were just talking about. Like I didn't want to just do just do a sponsorship or whatever, or an affiliate with just anybody. Like yeah. I wanted it to be people that I actually care about. And then also like people that my listeners would actually want to like buy stuff from. Like right. I'm not going to get something from somebody who like, you know, things that I'm not, you know, I'm not a big drinker. Like I don't drink at all. So right. I wouldn't, uh, p- people would probably listen to that. This one guy, he was a photographer. He brought on some tequila. So I was like, all right, I'll drink it just cause he literally brought the tequila and he brought shot glasses. So I was like, all right, I kind of feel bad if I don't drink it. So peer pressure. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not going to get like a sponsorship from like, you know, a beer company or something sure. like that, cause you know, it's not what I do. So, right. um, yeah, but yeah, it's like that, you know, affiliating with the right people and the right stuff. It's that's awesome. That's what, that's what I want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, this dude is doing good stuff. You know, he yeah. seems like a good quality guy. Um, that's, that's another thing is just, you know, making sure somebody has got quality work right. because quality work is, I don't know. Like a lot of people think about quantity and they're just like, Oh, I'm just doing a bunch of this, and a bunch of that. But like yeah. you can narrow down on the amount of work you're doing and then just do better stuff. Sure. And so you get more out of your time. So you're not spending so much time on stuff and right. you're just doing a little less, but better stuff. Right. Well, and it, it's easy to be busy. Yeah. It's super easy to be busy. <laughs> it's, it's hard to be efficient mm-hmm. and to be productive. 
Um, you know, Gary V talks about that all the time. Like, yeah. It is super easy to be busy. <laughs> um, not hard at all. Um, either that or you're just lazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, trying to, trying to figure, you know, your market, you know, like you're saying, like you knew that <clears throat> coffee would serve your market. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, everybody drinks coffee and the, those who exactly. don't shouldn't be on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, you know, trying to figure that out um, is very important. So, like Disney, for instance, um, in their book "Be Our Guest," they talk about. I think I think it was that book that they talked about um, how they understood that how important it was to not only in their kids shows have stuff for adults, so that mm. way it entertained both of the target markets. Yeah, that's smart. Um, and now that I'm getting older, I'm rewatching all these Disney movies with my kids. I'm like. Wow, I never caught that. <laughs> I never caught that before. Yep. And I'm like, wow. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, same thing with like the commercials and stuff. Like they just they run those analytics and they know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's crazy stuff. So so what have you been doing producing wise, like, dude? You've so, been doing your music. Right? Yeah, I've been doing too much. Um, of course, <laughs> I've like literally had to understand like what I was really doing. Cause I'm a type of person, like I want to do everything yeah. and I want Romero records to be a place where people want to either affiliate themselves with it or join into it. Sure. And then I would have the knowledge to like, if they didn't know something I could teach them. Yeah. But like, I've realized I'm not great at anything. Like I'm just pretty good. Yeah. And I'm always going to be just pretty good unless I hone in on something. So that's something that I've been working on lately is just focusing in on one particular thing. So I've been like buying new plugins, buying sample packs and just working on beats and stuff like that. And then I've been working on like mixing vocals and, you know, I've been doing Deandre stuff and then I've been working on, um, you know, just rapping, you know, working on cadences and melodies and stuff and then pictures and I'm like, I need to focus on one thing yeah. <laughs> because I'm not going to get to that next level right. and, you know, that upper echelon of people yeah. unless I hone in. Like the best rappers are rappers. rappers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. not making beats and taking right. pictures and stuff right. like that. They, they rap and that's right. how they get so great. Yeah. And you know, the greatest photographers are that way because that's what they do all day. Yeah. So that's, right. that's what I've been focusing on for right. real. Well, and that's, you know, I, so I, I read empire state of mind, um, which is a it's not by jay-z but it's about jay-z mm-hmm. um and because uh, i had a six-hour drive to kansas or to columbia missouri so i was like okay well i'll just listen to a bunch of books and uh empire state of mind was really interesting um and it kind of follows kind of what i like my theory behind uh, what you need to do is like you become really good at what you're doing to where you you just master it and you you figure out how to automate it and then yeah. you move on, mm. um, and that's how I know so much about so many different things. Is I just try to look at it, I master it, and then I move on. Okay. Um, so that way you you do figure out all those intricacies. And if there's something that you don't understand um, or you maybe don't want to be the best at, you just kind of dabble in it. You figure it out enough to where you're dangerous, mm. and then you hire someone who is an expert in that so you know what they're doing, but mm-hmm. you don't know the intricacies of what they're doing necessarily. Oh, okay. Um, 
but Jay-Z kind of did the same thing when he was a, a drug dealer. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he talks about it, but uh, at the very beginning, you know, he was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. He was he was skipping school and, and was very successful in dealing drugs. Yeah. Um, enough to where he was an amazing rapper and had the cadences and had all this together, but he wasn't making as much money as what he was dealing drugs. Yeah. So he stopped and started dealing drugs more <laughs> until he That's found funny. a better deal yeah. with a record label of what he and him and two other guys started. Hmm. And then he started making more money than dealing drugs. <laughs> so like he, he's always like, okay, I need to focus on this cause this makes money. Yeah. And if I make more money over here, then I'm going to make more money over here. Mm. Um, and so it just keeps getting – and then he invested in a million dollars into the basketball team in New York and, yeah, and yeah. just kept you know, building his empire um, and being very creative in how he like kind of dealt with the deals that he was doing and kind of structuring them. Mm. Um, but, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's about like learning – what you don't know, mm-hmm. mastering it as much as you can to where you, you feel like you're competent and mm-hmm. you feel like you're good about it. Um, unless that's just all you want to do. Yeah. Uh, like if you want to just be a rapper, if you want to make a living as a rapper, then you need to solely focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason why Olympic uh, athletes are solely focused on their strokes yeah, with yeah. swimming and, and like everything that exactly. that's their life. Um, day in and day out. So if that is what you want to do, then great. By all means, do that. Mm. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I'm going to master something, automate it, and then learn something new, master it, automate it, learn something new, and just keep going to where I just know all of these things. Um, and and it's it's helped along the way. Like mm-hmm. There's some things that you're just like, why like my wife will be like, why are why do you why are you doing this? <laughs> like, like, well, and then we bought the dental practice, mm. and now I'm our website designer, I'm our graphic designer, I'm our social media person. I because That's I crazy. learned all of these things, and there's thousands of dollars a month that we're not having to pay exactly because I learned all of these things. Man, Rachel was trying to like look up ways to like start getting into that kind of stuff yeah. for her personal training, and she found some girl on YouTube yeah. who was talking about like she makes I don't know I think it was like ten grand a month or something like that on YouTube, but she she was talking about all the money she spends on like delegating things. Like she's like, I pay this person a thousand dollars a month to keep up with my website. I pay this person five hundred a month to do this, and I'm like. Yo, that's so much money that can be in your pockets. <laughs> it is, but when, like, for instance, if you're making $10,000 and you can pay $1,500 for someone to do it and you're just the face of it. Yeah. It's, it's a good deal at that that's, point. That's, <laughs> you know, $8,500 that now you have your time back. Yes. And delegating. Yeah. And, and that's really when I, you know, growing and, and trying to learn business, that was the the tipping point of like okay when do i figure out how to trust people mm. to do a good enough job yeah. not not the best job i want people to do the best job but i understand too that no one's going to do it um like i will yes because it's yeah. not their business exactly so you have to find people who are really great and do what they do the best but it may not be what 
up to like what you do necessarily. Um, I think Gary V talked about, um, he's, I think he was talking about some guy came up to him and was talking to him. He's like, how do I get my employees to care about this business as much as I do? He's like, like, why would you want them to? Right. Like (laughs) they would just start their business. Exactly. It's like, no, (laughs) no, like that. And that's the point. Like you care about the people and they'll take care of the business. Yeah. Um, and that's all of what Gary V talks about. And, and that's what like the go giver, um, talks about. It's like, if you care about your people and you, you try to do what's best for them, then everything else will line up and, and fall into place. Um, and, and I recently, which I I didn't send it to you, but the Go Giver Leader um, is the next echelon of that book series. Hmm. Uh, I, I didn't know that. So there's another book, and it piggybacks and, and intertwines with the first one. Oh, but okay. it's a new person talking about new ideas um, and more focused on leadership than just kind of putting yourself in a position to where you're giving okay. um, of your time. Uh, but it's really neat. You should. Should definitely read it. I'll check that one out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, in learning how to delegate, you you learn how to trust. Mm-hmm. You learn how to manage people. Um, and I guess my my first taste of that was when I was doing nursery rhymes. Um, All right, so crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, I love telling the story because it it really it's a very odd and how I got into it, but mm-hmm. but it it. It made me so much money, like nice, so much money. Nice. Um, but uh, I was I was touring in a band, and uh, I needed to make some extra cash, so I got on Freelancer.com, and uh, there was this guy that needed some nursery rhymes, and I was like, okay, this is easy, like whatever. I did five of them. They were horrible, like, <laughs> absolutely terrible. So when you mean nursery rhyme, is it like a full song or just the yeah. lyrics? Or? So so basically I would have to create the music um, and sing the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like he would give me kind of a, like he would give me a list of songs that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would have to basically cr- like get the lyrics together. I would have to create the music based off of a reference that he gave me. Okay. Um, and then I would, like I said, I'd create the music and either I would sing it or someone else would sing it. Um, so I sometimes would have to pay a vocalist to, to do it. Got you. But, um, but in all of that, I learned so much about infrastructure and building stuff. So <clears throat> after I did the five, he paid me. Mm-hmm. They were terrible. Uh, I didn't hear from him for a year and a half. So I didn't get the job wow. to keep doing it. But a year and a half later, he emails me. Apparently, the people that were doing it and got the job stopped doing it. So he was like, hey, you sell for nursery rhymes. I'm like, <laughs> sure. I yeah. just got back from Europe doing a tour in Europe. <laughs> and, and we were uh, doing our tour towards the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got that email when I was talking to the guys from Iowa. And uh, I was like, sure, like I can do this from anywhere. I had my little my little M audio keyboard, and uh, I was doing it in the van. And uh, he was like, yeah, okay, I have ten songs. Can you do it? I'm like, sure, I'll do it. Whatever. Um, but then after that, the next month, he was like, okay, I need twenty songs. Dang. I'm like, okay. Um, and like the vocalist in the band was the vocalist for the nursery rhyme, so it was mm-hmm. like we were right there together all the time convenient yeah super convenient and then uh, the next month he was like okay i need 40 rhymes i'm like okay and this was this was for a youtube channel so Hmm. he had a youtube channel that he would 
he would do the animations and then I did all the music. Wow. Um, and we, he started with like 16,000 subscribers mm-hmm. in four years. We built it up to over 5 million subscribers. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And most of our videos, like within a week would do like two to 10 million. Oh my God. Uh, dude, it, it was crazy. <laughs> That's um, insane. And then a, a, another company from India bought his company. And mm. then so he started, so I started doing stuff for them. Oh wow. And it just kind of, bra- I was doing like 42 projects at a time Whoa! for this company, whether it be animated series. So I was doing like, uh, like sound effects. I was doing vocals, narr- narrators, all sorts of stuff. Hmm. In addition to the nursery rhymes on top of the nursery. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, after four years, um, it all like, like a hundred and something marketers pulled out of YouTube mm-hmm. and that whole debacle. So they lost two thirds of their income oh, and all wow. sorts of stuff. So that left me out hanging dry. But, um, but it was interesting cause I learned so much and made so much money. Um, and I had, I was working in 14 different countries and 14 different languages doing nursery rhymes. Ooh. So what we would do is we would do about 60 nursery rhymes in English a month, mm-hmm. but then we would do it all in 14 different languages. So, so how 14 did the, times 60. How did that translate? So I would have to find people in these countries, uh, or at least who knew the language and who could translate the lyrics and do the the vocals. So in 14 different in 14 countries? 14 different languages, and, and most of them in different countries, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, so. <laughs> And at this time, I, I hired my sister, who was my assistant, like full time, because I I I was like, I can't do this all. Yeah. And I don't sure. want to do all of yeah, this. For sure. Um, and as Gary Vee talks about, like, pay your assistant very well, <laughs> and they'll take care of you. So yeah. I hired my sister. I trusted her. I showed her all the infrastructure. She kept up with it. Um, and basically, I was just CC'd on all the emails. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the time, unless we got something weird... I would get the email of the 60 nursery rhymes we would be doing that month. Mm-hmm. I would <clears throat> let her know. I would basically, I ran it all on Dropbox and I, in an Excel doc. Okay. And I had it all organized. I would organize the Dropbox folders and then she would send all the emails out. Okay. And make sure that the Excel doc was all laid out and everything. Yeah. Um, but I built the infrastructure. Okay. Um, so so that she just way, had like a good foundation yeah. and then she just had to just right. keep it running. Aware, to where like like as soon as like I had a tab of like, okay, you need to turn this green when we send the emails out. If we mm-hmm. don't hear from them or if we get a confirmation, then it go, the next tab goes green or red. Gotcha. If we don't like you need to follow up three days before the deadline. So that way like we know it's going to be in. Yeah. Uh, things like that. And like, okay, we sent it off for mixing. These – 13 or sent off for mixing, but this one's not in yet. So like things like that. So what were you as, as far as like the music wise, what were you actually doing? So initially I was doing all the music. Yes. And then it got to where he was like, okay, we want to do a hundred this month. And I was like, I was struggling to do 60. That's crazy. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I got to where like the first, like, handful of nursery rhymes it took me about six hours to write one yeah (laughs) and like get it all done and polished and everything 
after a while, I could do it in 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, wow. One song. The repetition. Right, right. <laughs> like you just get really good at yeah. doing it. Um, and as long as I had a reference, like I could figure out like ways to basically alter the reference mm-hmm. and write a new song. Um, but then it got to where obviously I couldn't do that much. Um, I mean, yeah, technically I could, if it took me 45 minutes to an hour, that'd be fine. But I just like mentally couldn't, yeah. couldn't do it. So, um, I hired my first person to help me. I was like, Hey, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. I know you're not getting paid a lot to do this, but <clears throat> let's break it down. <laughs> so it, if it, it will take you six hours to do the first few, just mm-hmm. FYI. Like, and I, I was upfront about that. It's going to take you a while to get into the rhythm. Once you get into the rhythm, it'll take you about an hour, two hours tops. And if you did five songs a day and you did 20, you could do basically 25 a week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I broke it down. I was like, that's 50,000 a year. That's a lot. To write, <laughs> to write music. That's a lot. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay. This is what we're going to do. <clears throat> I need you to do this. I need you to do this many. I'm going to get a, an order every every month. And then it got to where he wanted more. What are they put, <laughs> Dude. How, how are they fitting all this content in? Dude, I know. I know. And we ended up doing, at the peak of it, about 600 English ones a month. 600 yeah. a month? <clears throat> so I had, I mean, I had probably eight or 10 people writing music wow but but i was very i was very keen on like i need self-sufficient people mm-hmm. i can't micromanage these people yeah. if they don't understand how to google something if they have a question before they come to me i don't want them yeah yeah so i had to do the same thing with the vocalists in other countries i was like okay i need someone who can do this and just get the job done yeah I can't afford to to micromanage all these people. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll follow up with them, see how they're doing, but I'm not gonna like. I need to give it to them, and then they give it to me before the deadline. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, learning. I think Swedish was the hardest one. Hmm. Uh, I, I was it think, contacting I the think, people. Well, no, it it was just like for some reason that was the hardest. I don't know if it was. Uh, the Swedes or what, like the people I was finding, I guess, was yeah. just weird. I'm pretty sure one of them may have died. I like I, <laughs> I couldn't get a hold of them after a long time. Like they did so much for me, and then all of a sudden, nothing. It was really weird. Like hmm. I was really hoping she didn't die, but like yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what happened. Um, hmm. And then I had to find someone else, and I could never find like a really great one. Yeah. Um, but everywhere else, it was like I had those people. Um, at the end of the year, I would send them an email like, hey, like we paid out $400,000 this year mm-hmm. to help you guys. And I, I want to thank you so much like to all of them. Like, yeah. I sent a picture with my family and I was like, hey, you know, you are the reason why we can do this. Um, you know, just to thank them and, and go from there. And I thank my sister. Um, now, the hardest part of all of that was when it shut down and... I literally went until I had $400 in my bank account to let my sister know, hey, I don't have any more money to pay you. <laughs> um, and I, I tried and tried and tried, and I figured it out. I gave her at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, you know, I can pay you for the next two weeks, but, like, 
I don't have any more money. That's crazy. And that was probably the hardest because one, it was my sister. Yeah. Uh, who's seven years younger than me. And two, like I got her out of managing a GameStop to work with me to like do all this cool stuff, getting paid more money than she's ever made. And, yeah. and, and we were having so much fun and I was talking with her all the time to now it's like, okay, she's, she's working at Microsoft. She's doing great, but mm-hmm. it's like, I was having so much fun. We were having so much fun yeah. and learning so much. And that's, that's how business is, you know, it ebbs and flows. And, and if you can find something that you do for the, all of your life, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and really it taught me about diversification, um, not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, but, but it was really neat. And that's how I learned so much about delegating mm-hmm. back full circle yeah, yeah. <laughs> about what we were originally talking about delegating. I had to learn delegation like crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I couldn't do that. Like, so we were doing 600 English, but then we were doing 14 times that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I couldn't, and, and I was, I had to learn like, oh gosh, okay. I'm getting paid $150 per song, but I also have five people I have to pay in a $150 budget. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. So I had to get really creative on like, Okay, if you're doing five songs, if you're doing an hour, that's twenty five an hour. Like, yeah, you're not gonna get twenty five an hour anywhere else doing music. Like, hey, let's do this. <laughs> uh, Thirty an hour. Hey, let's you know, and everybody yeah. was getting paid different things um, based off of what you negotiated. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a normal business. Um, what about like upfront stuff? Like, did you ever think about? Um, you know, let me pay you in advance this much. And oh, I then, did. It was okay, per you song. Did that? Okay. Yeah, it it I wasn't hourly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it was per song. Yeah. Uh, per project. So I was like, okay, we have. Uh, you're going to be doing 20 songs. I'm going to pay you half up front, half when you send it to me. Got you. Um, and so you have a little bit to work with. Then I'll send it to you once you finalize the project. And that never bit me, like mm. ever, um, because. I was very intentional on who I worked with, mm-hmm. um, especially on the English stuff. Now the foreign stuff, it was a little different, um, but I would still like after after we started working together, um, and after I told them I would pay them half up front on the front end, they were like, "Okay, well this guy's serious. It's not a scam." Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It was it was just I never had an issue. That's another thing. Did they think it was like scammy at first? Like you're going to pay me how much to yeah, do nursery rhymes? Because like the more I got into the nursery rhyme industry, <laughs> the more I found out that like people just don't pay people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, that really stinks. That's but, the music industry. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, that's the music industry in general. Um, I'm sorry for all the rappers who yeah, watch right. this, but um, I make rappers pay 100 percent up front. Really? Every time. That's hey, that's smart. Uh, well. Well, and even, like what we talked about with, uh, yeah, name? yeah, I'm not going to name drop who we're talking about because he may get upset with me because he didn't want people to know that. Yeah. But yeah, that's like literally, I don't know what it is, but anytime it, I, I've gotten, I've gotten bitten more yeah. uh, in, in the rap industry than, than any others. I mean, it's, which I've told really you, weird. even with, um, like even with the podcast, I've, I've had people yeah. schedule like they scheduled the time because yeah. we try to schedule a time sure. and they're like, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm like, look, what, what can you do? Yeah. And then they schedule the time, didn't show up. I'm yeah. just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that, that brings me back to a point of like, 
okay, if you, and I, I tell my wife this all the time, if we just do what we say we're going to do mm-hmm. and are consistent, you're already ahead of 90% of the people out yeah. there. Like really, yeah. it's, it's not hard to get ahead. Then that, like, you that's just have something... to do what you say you're going to do and be consistent, and you're already ahead of 90% of the people yeah. out there. Uh, when you were telling me that, I was like, man. like, Because you're doing a lot more business than I am, and so like for you to say something like that, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, like it's wow. not hard to get ahead. It really yeah. isn't. And, and, and once you get that down and you just follow through, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, things are going to come up. Like, like we already rescheduled the podcast once because yeah, I was yeah. moving. Yeah. Like, and d- trying to buy a house in the middle of a pandemic is not impossible. Don't do it. <laughs> impossible. Don't do it. But, <clears throat> but yeah. So our, our our closing day just kept moving. So mm-hmm. like things like that happen. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Like you try to to just do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And and don't overcommit. Um, I'm getting a phone call. Yeah, you're good. I'll put them on hold. <laughs> I'll answer them again later. It's actually uh so that's actually Joseph Lumpkin. He um I've been doing audiobooks. Okay. And oh, he, yeah, yeah. He, he um he wrote an audiobook that I did. It's actually called so it's called um The Negro Bible. It's interesting. A, I, don't, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking about yeah, this. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, just but, uh, <laughs> strike that out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but uh yeah, so he um he wrote this book and um I did the audio book for it. I did that. And did I tell you about the emotional intelligence book yeah. I did? Yeah, well, I saw you post about it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, that was a really good book. It, I'll, I'll I'll try and get it to you. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> sounds good. I'm going to revert back to this video when I don't have it. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, that was him calling. He's probably trying to call because ACX is the company I go through for okay. audio books. And they're pretty crazy because, like, um, they – so it's just like any narrator or any author is like posting these books yeah. on ACX and it's like, who wants to do it? So it's sure. kind of like a free for all. And yeah. then you can just audition for Bid it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so if, if they like your audition, they'll hire yeah. you. But that emotional intelligence book, I actually auditioned for another book. Interesting. And they were like, we don't want you for that book. But there's this other book that we want yeah. you for. You have a no. nice, smooth <laughs> voice for yeah. emotional intelligence. <laughs> I was like... That was a kind of weird. You told me no, but then told me yes for something else. Hey. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. So, but I ended up loving that book. That was yeah. like one of the best books I ever read. Yeah. Just because it was like about emotional intelligence. It was about like communicating with people and yeah. how to be on the same wavelength. One of them was talking about like, if you're in an argument with your spouse and they're like, well, not even an argument. So like, say you're just talking to your spouse sure. and she's like super excited about it, but you're just like kind of listening like this. It will ruin her emotions and like how she feels about what she's talking about yeah. just because you're not giving that same energy. Right. And like people, I was telling Rachel, like she, she mimics uh, facial expressions like to a hundred percent because that, number one, that's like human nature. Like if we see somebody smile, we tend to smile. If we see somebody laugh, it kind of like makes us feel good. We want to know like, why are they laughing? Like, you yeah. know, what's, what is this happiness? So, but, um, that's what that emotional intelligence book was talking about. It was yeah. just talking about how people can basically just do better in life by understanding like the people in the room, how to do better. It even talked about like, um, what was it? Like if you're trying to get a job and there's always that one person who um, 
who nobody likes, nobody can stand in the company, but they do everything the company says, so they get promotions. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that sucks, but they're doing something. Yeah, that's that's what the company wants. So that's that's how they pro that's how they progress, even though nobody likes them. But the book was just talking about, hey, you know, there are people like that. There are ways to get ahead in life by just doing what the company wants. But then there are ways of taking care of those people. Like you were talking about checking in on your employees and, yeah. and communicating with them, telling them how much you care. And that goes a longer way, in my opinion, yeah. than just doing what the company wants and then trying to get ahead like that. So yeah, yeah that book was phenomenal. I, I definitely will try and get yeah. it for you. But yeah. I'll yeah. keep you. I'll hold you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I need more books. So that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. And that's, you know, emotional intelligence is very important. Um, you know, and we fail at it all the time, especially as husbands. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really neat to, um, kind of, you know, try to, to learn more, right. Mm -hmm. We're always trying to be better and trying to, to just to learn new things, um, and trying to learn more about our spouse. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And, and that's one Absolutely. thing I, I love, uh, love and respect. Um, it's a great book. Um, I forget who wrote it, but he does marriage seminars too. Mm. Um, and I tell people all the time, like he talks about how women have pink megaphones and pink hearing aids, um, and men have blue megaphones and, and blue <laughs> hearing aids. And what pink megaphone says throws blue hearing aids into dissonance and vice versa. And it's like, we, we say things differently. Yeah. You know, we hear things differently. And, and, um, and it and it does. It's it's difficult. But if you have the emotional intelligence to understand that, um, it's it it helps it helps tremendously in the it communication um, and uh, just in emotion. I mean, that's why it's called emotional yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it helps with anyone, you know. And and that's why like really great salesmen understand the psychology behind who they're talking with. Yes. What kind of type they are. Yes. What kind of personality they are. Yeah. And how they can manipulate that to their advantage. I'm not saying you should do that, but, <laughs> um, but that's what it is. Like yeah. you, you it's it. Manipulation is not, you know, a negative word. You're trying to leverage what you have and what you understand yeah. and what you know. And that's how knowledge is power. Um, Knowledge is not always power. Uh, you know, to me, uh, action is power, mm. uh, but you have to have the knowledge. Exactly. To do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like, you know, if you're dating and somebody, uh, so Rachel's not huge into sports. Like she'll watch it with sure. me, like football and stuff, but she's not big into it. So yeah. if when we were like first dating, I was trying to like talk about sports all the time. That's, you know, that's not going to win her over. So yeah. I, yeah, I had to figure out like right. what, you know, what she was into stuff right. like that to win her over. But like, you know, understanding, like if you just start talking about something, like whatever it is, you start talking about cartoons or you sure. talk about medicine or something like that. Just looking at the person's reaction, like their facial expressions, their body expressions, whenever you start talking about those things, you can tell oh, they like that, or, oh, they don't really care at all what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, and it, even with employees, you know, to be able to, um, you know, read them, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to to be involved in their lives. Um, it, they're not just an employee. They, they're part of the family, you know, you, and you have to take that approach. Um, and that's what Gary Vee talks about, too, is like, you know, you, you have to have your, what does he call it, the chief, 
heart officer or whatever. Like he has a person designated to learn all of the employees and what they need and what they want and in mm. life in general. Um, it's like an elevated HR person. Basically, <laughs> um, just a very more in tune with people person. Um, yeah. And that's what you, you know, had it not been for our, our wanting to be um, like keeping up with our employees during COVID. I mean, we've had, we had friends in other dental practices that their, their employees didn't want to come back because mm. they were making more on unemployment than they were yeah. at the office. Yeah. They talked about that a lot with like restaurants, like yeah. waiters and waitresses. Like, why would I want to go back? I'm making way more right now just sitting at home. Yeah. So that's where one, your leadership comes into play, but also because they want to come back. Um, you know, if you create the environment and the culture to where it works and they want to genuinely be there, it's awesome. You know, they, uh, our front desk got, just got back from vacation and, you know, she, w- she told us that she wasn't dreading coming back from vacation. Mm. Massive. Yeah. To be able to, to, to have that said about your business. Um, but it's because we genuinely care about the people that work with us. Yeah. And I say with us because not for us. Yeah. Because they do. We work right alongside of them, not on top and just ask them to do things. Yeah. Uh, which is what true leadership is. So is there something that you feel like, like, you know, they always talk about people who like, you know, stand out and stuff like that in a business or like companies that stand out. Is there something that you feel like you're doing that is just different or stands out amongst like you just, just in the Memphis area. Um, other than actually committing to things. <laughs> being yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something that, that either I'm doing or something that other people are doing in Memphis in general. Well, just like, is there something that you think that you're doing that other people in Memphis aren't doing? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I should be <laughs> talking about this. Um, I mean, honestly, just customer service, yeah. man. It's especially the more businesses I get involved in. You notice what they like, how gosh, trash or you know, how they, whatever they handle situations. Yeah. Really, um, you know, if you if you take your car to a, a tire shop and it needs something, and and they just don't do, you know, they don't go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they ask you, well, what's wrong with it now? Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> it's like I'm giving you my business. Like, just yeah. figure just, it out. Just be nice. Like, <laughs> like I'm willing to pay for it. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not that. It's just, uh, you know, if if you go to to a restaurant or mm. or something like, if when you find people that um, they're just willing to go above and beyond just to be kind and generous. Yeah. And and go above and beyond in customer service. That's when it stands out. But but just people just don't yeah like people just don't have good customer service period yeah. but but we have to be customer service driven mm-hmm. like in, in anything like you even in your podcast like you have to go above and beyond for the people who are on it yeah you make coffee like, yeah yeah you know and, and, <laughs> in doing that like you stand out in that sense um you know even if you lose money trying to to do what's right mm-hmm. versus doing what technically business wise would be right. Yeah. Like we will, I probably shouldn't say this either, (laughs) but we will, 
we will give someone's money back and like if we do like their dentures or something mm-hmm. and they they just they are just not happy about it we would rather give them their money back they're going to give us the dentures back yeah but we'd give them their money back like you can go somewhere else that's fine yeah. like but we literally have done as much as we can do to this point mm. but here like we don't need the money we don't want the money we here this is yours um so you know, I think in if you just go above and beyond just what you need to do, just yeah. not the bare minimum of like this is this is just my job, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, like and you obviously like you're paying for the service, like I did the service, get like be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Like gosh, and it's just people just in Memphis or in general, like around the world, just mm-hmm. don't do that. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. Their customer service is like oddly too good yeah so like the first time they ever messed up one of my orders i call them i'm trying to give them this huge backstory so what happened was i ordered something and um it i got the the notification like email that said it arrived sure. so i get off work about like three o'clock i got home at like 3 40 and it said it arrived at like 258 and i saw the picture yeah i saw it was here i got home it's gone and so I'm asking my neighbors sure. if they seen it. They're like, no, we haven't seen it or anything. And um, you got a doorbell camera. <laughs> well, I I have I've got security cameras around the house now. Yeah. After that nice. incident, nice. but um, so yeah, I I call Amazon. I'm trying to give them this whole story sure. about what happened and everything. They're like, okay, do you want the refund or do you want us to send it again? I was like, yeah, I'll I'll take the refund. They're like, yeah. okay. And that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And they I'm don't question like, you. And they don't question at all. Right. I'm just like, what because are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's honestly not worth. And, and that's that's the thing. Like, it's honestly not worth the time it's going to take to fight you to not have it done. Like, yes. So even if it even if it was a thousand dollar thing, mm-hmm. like, OK, but how much more are you going to p- potentially buy? Yes. Through Amazon. If if I had had a bad experience with that, I would have considered not doing Amazon yeah. again. But because it well, was if it such happens a, over and over again. Yes, yeah. like they've messed up my orders. I think. Well, so they didn't mess that one up. They sure. obviously delivered yeah. it. But like, I think they've messed it up twice. But the customer service is so great. Yeah. Why would I leave them? Right. <laughs> like I know they're gonna fix it. Like yeah. if they mess up, they're gonna fix it. Oh yeah. So I'm just like. I'm going to stick with Amazon right. just because of that customer service. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm the same way with Wayfair. So regardless of the allegations of sex trafficking. This and table also, is actually Wayfair. Yeah. I mean, so um, so we when we bought the new house, we, we ordered um, some chairs for our, our dining room table mm-hmm. um, and ordered the dining room table. And when the chairs got there, they were bar stools. They weren't dining room chairs. Mm. Um, but they matched the dining room chairs. And so we, I sent him an email, hey, this isn't, you know, what I ordered, you know, whatever. Um, and I was waiting for them to, to email back, but I was going to say, like, you know, I'll pay the difference of whatever because mm-hmm. I actually do want these. Um, but they just said, okay, well, we're going to look further into it. We've sent your chairs, um, and we'll let you know if we need those back. But if not, just, you know, oh, just keep wow. them. So now we have bar stools <laughs> for free. <laughs> That's awesome. And and dining room chairs, like they didn't fight me about it. That's crazy. So, 
uh, which you know, which other pe- I have other people that are like they bought a couch, one little thing was broken, and they just sent them a new couch. Dang. And they kept the old couch, so they have two couches now, <laughs> and just fix that little thing. Yeah. Um. But uh. But like that's the kind of customer service you have to have because you have to think of the lifetime value of a customer. Yeah. Not the short term. Yeah. Which is why people hate insurance companies and so yeah. like they they will fight you tooth and nail to keep their money versus if they were just generous mm-hmm. in their time and their energy and whatnot and, and just not question people, people wouldn't take advantage of them. Yeah. So the go-giver, right? Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, um, you know, there he talks about like, if you think the world is a dog-eat-dog world, it's going to be a dog-eat-dog world. If you think people are going to take advantage of you, people will take advantage of you. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is but yeah. if you expect the best out of people nine times out of ten people will be the best of themselves yeah and it's all it's like the you know the whole concept of you see what you want to see yeah and sometimes I'll, I'll talk about that with people like um so again back to spouse stuff so if rachel knows i doesn't she she knows i don't like um let's just say Tuna or something like that. So yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I don't like tuna. But mayo. <laughs> <laughs> so if she asked me, "Do I want this thing?" Even if I said yes, that if she asked me if I wanted something that had like tuna, like remotely in it, sure. Even if I said yes, and like she said it from like across the room, she'd be like, "Did you say no?" Because she's already got that concept yeah. that I don't like tuna. So she's already preconceived that I'm going to say no. Yeah. So that like, I tell her, I'm like, no, I said yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you have a preconception of like yeah. how people are going to be, they're probably going to end up being like that. Right. Like if you have somebody who, you know, you've had a bad experience with yeah. and they seem like a, a rude person. Sure. If you are in the room with them, like anything that they say, is rude to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if they're remotely kind of being nice, yeah. you're like, I can't believe they did that. Did you see what they did? Like, right. that's just your preconception. So now you always see that in that person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard to, as human beings in general, Yeah, you know, that first impression is the most important because that's how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why like, you know, the one time you have that off day, you know, it, it's terrible. Yeah. But that's that's why you have to be a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's difficult, but to be able to to be on that level, that's that's what separates you know the the really great from just the great. Yeah. Um, How do you deal with customers? Are you good with customers? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there there's a lady cursing at our front desk. Because right now, like, we have to screen people, and before they even come in, we take the temperatures, ask them screen questions. And uh, there was a lady who uh, – my, my front desk went out there. She was doing it, and uh, she came in. She just had this weird look on her face, and like, oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, what, what's going on? She was like, she – I mean, she's angry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So I went out there, uh, and it was uncalled for why she was angry. Um, so I went out there and, and she started cursing and talking about, about my wife. She didn't know that I was married to the dentist. Oh. Um, so I, did, I, I never said anything. Normally I will be like, Hey, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the dentist's husband. You yeah. know, I, I do, you know, I, I love her. She's great, but I'm a little biased, but you know, she's, she's really <laughs> great. Um, 
But uh, I went out and I was like, hey, you know, you don't have to talk to me that way. We can have a cordial conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, and she just kept going. But she did call back and apologize. Mm. You know, as long as you're not trying to yell, you know, back at them. Mm-hmm. Like people, once again, nine times out of ten, there will be that one person. But nine times out of ten, people treat you how you allow them to treat you. Yes. So as long as you don't escalate what they're trying to do and just be the bigger person and, and just try to stay calm, they will typically mimic yeah. what you're doing. So I'm learning that with my kids. So I have a, <laughs> I have a three and an almost two-year-old. The next, ultimate next challenge. Month. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm learning that you know the difference in raising your voice versus lowering your voice. Mm-hmm. If I lower my voice, he's a little – like he starts paying attention. Yeah. And he's like – he stops whining. <laughs> he stops whining, and That's and crazy. I've learned that. And 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 you know, I I try to to read and, and learn more about like how I can be the best dad for my kids. And um and and I'm just like, hey man, do you, it's okay. <laughs> do you want to do you want me to tell you a secret? Like, oh, and they're like, man. That's crazy. And he's three years old, but yeah, but he he stops whining. He stops yelling and screaming. Like, hey, you know, let me talk to you. Yeah. Hey, do you know why I got onto you? <laughs> do you do you know why I, I spanked you? Like, Dang. And and he was like, no. <laughs> like, okay, well, let me tell you. Like, Just completely changes. Yeah, the it does. Form. It does. When you can de-escalate a situation, that's that's important. Mm. Um, in customer service. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime I can win someone over that comes in with a preconceived notion, uh, because in dentistry, like people are weird. Yeah. People yeah. are super weird. I'm so sure. They will tell my wife to her face that they hate the dentist. And she's like, I am the dentist. <laughs> like, you know you're telling me that. Like, Wait, the, the noun? Like the yeah, person? It's or like, the, no, the no, concept? No, you, yeah, you, you don't like th- what comes potentially at the dentist because you don't brush your teeth. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't hate the dentist. Okay. <laughs> but that's why dentistry has the, the top like suicide rate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're told that they're hated every single day. Dang, that's crazy. So just like if you if you tell a child that they're stupid, mm-hmm. they will believe that they're stupid. Yeah. Over, like that's that's just if they're no good. If you tell them they're no good, like they will believe that they're no good and have Dang. a complex. Yeah. Um, and you're a product of your environment, so that's the reason why it's it's incredibly important um, to win people over mm-hmm. right off the bat. So you need to be you know you you kind of need to mimic their their emotions. Uh, you know, if you don't need to be boisterous if they're being super quiet, like mm-hmm. you, you need to kind of like just kind of mimic what they're doing. If they have their arms crossed, cross your arms. Uh, if they're talking with their hands, talk with their hands. Mm-hmm. If they're sitting like this, they, <laughs> they need to sit like this. Yeah. Um, but trying to. Uh, that's the worst. Like if you see somebody who like has amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like I, I'm like. You're like. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so. You know, it's it's trying to, to de-escalate those situations mm-hmm. and, um, and talking with people. And so I, I talked to that lady and I was like, look, you know, you don't have to talk that way. You know, we can be cordial. She kept going on and, and I, I gave her a dismissal letter. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to work on you. We're not going to be – you're not going to talk to our, our employees that way. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, Dr. Lauren is not trying to just take money away from you. Like she's doing exactly what you need. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's a doctor. Yeah. You know, now there are a lot of people out there that will scam you for money just mm-hmm. because they, they want to make money. But, and we've run <clears> into <throat> those people. Um, but at the same time, once again, 
If you do what you say you're going to do, do what's best for people, and you're consistent, it's not hard to get ahead. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes people complain just to complain. Yeah. Like they don't really know. Sure. don't even know why they're complaining. Yeah. This one time. Um, so I used to work at Pizza Hut when I was in college. Nice. And um, this woman, we had we messed up her order. She mm-hmm. was it was like for a party, so I think she had had like ten pizzas. Yeah, but we messed it up, and I don't remember what we messed up. But she was just like complaining, just like staring at us, fix it, uh, like fixing her order, and like just kept like just being loud and obnoxious. And I was just like, "What do you want?" You know what I mean? Like in my head, I was just thinking like, "What are you trying to get out of this?" Like we are fixing your order like we're making new pizzas for you right what are you, what are you trying to accomplish out of being this angry at us like do you want the company like do yeah. you, like what do you want she's trying to make a point <laughs> she was trying to harp on that point versus forgiving like, yeah okay you're trying to make it right you're fixing it yeah and that's and that's personality yeah you know um and that's that's other people trying like needing to work on themselves mm-hmm. um you know, but, but you can only lead a horse to water. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to take it. Um, you know, I like there, I worked at cafe eclectic and I, there was one lady, I remember this vividly, um, that I just could not win over. She was that one out of 10 Mm. that I just could not, she would not treat me how I wanted her to, um, even being nice. Yeah. I was fixing her drink, pretty sure she was on drugs, but you know, (laughs) you know, but I, I fixed her drink and she just threw it down. I'm like, I, I fixed it for you. You know, <laughs> just threw it down right in the floor. I had to clean it up. But, you know, some people just, just act that way. Yeah. And that's that, that 10% that you just like, they did poor pitiful me. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing you can do about that. And that's, that bothers me so, because I'm not a people pleaser, but I love the science of getting to know people. Yeah. Like if somebody's always angry, I'm trying to figure out how I can make that person happy. Sure. Or if somebody's always happy, I'm just like, what makes them sad? Like, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. So the fact that some people are just just grumpy all the time, yeah. like, that bothers me. Like, I love to be happy. I don't – I'm not a very bubbly person. Sure. But I, I'm a very, like, flatline, like, mellow person. Like, I get happy. Like, I get hyper and stuff like that. But I'm usually pretty mellow. Yeah. So, like – for somebody to be pretty grumpy all the time, that bothers me. I'm just like, what can we do to make you happy? Right. <laughs> so <Yeah. clears throat> just, just the fact that some people are like that, it's that science of trying to figure that out is, is like, it's kind of like an addiction to me. Like I, I love people like yeah. the podcast. So like just getting to know people, getting to know their story and who they are and stuff like that is very special to me. So yeah. to not know why certain people are like that, like why that, why that woman just doesn't like you, like why did why did she throw a couple? Like that would bother me, <laughs> dude. It did, it did for a long time. Yeah, I'd just let it go eventually. But yeah, I was like, this isn't me. Like this has got to be drugs or something. <laughs> Somebody else come do this. <laughs> yeah, like I was the only one there. I was like. Yeah, something, and that's that's, you know, at 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 some point you have to be like, okay, that that wasn't me, mm. like that was an altered state of mind that, yeah, like there wasn't anything you could do. Now, mm-hmm. most of the time, I do reflect and like, okay, how could I have handled that differently? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And sometimes it does. Like sometimes it just gets under your skin. You're super tired. You're stressed out, whatever. And you have that off moment where you just, you escalate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's just, there's just something to, to say about like learning about people. Yeah. Um, to have that emotional intelligence back to that. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, and, and growing that knowledge of people. It's just so important. And I'm fascinated by that too. Yeah. Like I, and anyone will tell anyone around me will tell you like anytime we go out to eat or anything, I'm always asking people, how was your day? Mm. And most of the time they, are, and, and I have a comeback for either one of the two qu- answers that I get. Either they say good. And I'm like, well, that's good. I'm glad, you know, I'm, that's great. Or if they say, honestly, it's been terrible. Mm. I'm like, oh, well, at least you're honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say that every time, and mm. then they laugh. <laughs> and like, it instantly changes their mood. Yeah. And then they're wonderful at our table. Yeah. But that's literally the first thing that I talk mm. talk to them about is just how is their day? You talking about like the waiter or waitress? Yeah, anywhere. Really, so, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of funny because like you know, if asking them how how was your day, if they're like if. If they say it's terrible, then you're like, oh, it's going to be that kind of day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But instead, I try to flip it around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, at least you're honest. Yeah. You want to change their mood, change yeah. that chemistry. It's like, I want to have a good relationship yeah. here <laughs> at my table. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want you to, to you know, to be upset during yeah. this whole shift and just have me have a bad experience. Exactly. I can, once again, extreme ownership, I can change the mood. Yeah. Of, of this engagement. I don't think people think about that when they go out to eat. Cause they're probably thinking I came to this place. I'm paying for this food. Right. You're going to serve me. Yeah. You're going to serve me and you're going to be, you're yeah. gonna be here when I want you to be stuff right. like that. Yeah. But, but it doesn't but work that way. No. And, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't yeah. like if, if you have a sense of entitlement, you need to get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. You do because that's, it's once again, once you change the, the thinking of you're going to serve me to, what can I give to this mm-hmm. night and day difference Yeah, of, of how you think of how you act, of how people treat you, of how things go in your life. I, I can't tell you how, how much it changed. Um, just my trajectory after reading that book, mm-hmm. um, I was making 30,000 a year in my studio and then I was making six figures mm. just in how I was able to think, okay, well, how can I, how many people can I get full time in what they love to do? Yeah. In music. And I, I got 20 plus people full time in music. Mm. And that was awesome. That's great. Versus how can I get more money? Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought about that. I was like, okay, well, how can I make sure that I keep my bottom line where it is and, 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 and help that bottom line? Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, okay, well, if I can pay someone 50000 a year, great. Yeah. Like how many people can I get to pay 50,000 a year? Like <laughs> I want to do that, yeah. which increased my income like crazy. Yeah. And I learned so much. And then we do the same thing. We, we have a bonus system for the girls in our, in our dental office. You know, if we hit our bottom line, anything over that, they get 10% of. Oh, wow. And then after a certain amount, once our payroll gets to 20%, they get 20% of the profits. Mm. So like last month, all four of the girls got a $1,500 bonus on their check. Nice. And that's monthly. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're like, well, yeah, we want to work hard. <laughs> like <laughs> that bonus was nice. Motivated. That paid for my vacation. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so 
you know, the more that that you can do stuff like that and give to people, mm-hmm. like they want to work with you. Absolutely. Whether it's an employee or someone at a restaurant, like if you can and just be generous and be nice and communicate that and just actively try to make their day better, it just makes the engagement so much better. Yeah. With Trey and um, they had that, what was it? I forgot the little thing that they were doing where like people were coming together. The mastermind. I don't think it was mastermind. Which one? He's done two. Gravity. Gravity. Okay. Yes. So so, so I went mastermind to, was right before, and then oh, he, was it? He moved on to gravity. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I went to one of those gravity meetings, and uh, this guy came and spoke. And closer to the end, he was telling the story about how um, he this company wanted him to come speak. I can't remember. I think it was like Goodyear or something like that. But they wanted him to come speak and. He was like, yeah, sure. It was like on a Saturday. Sure. And then, but the, he was talking to them on like a Monday about speaking on a Saturday, but he was like, uh, shoot, I forgot. I was supposed to be spending time with like my family or something like that. Yeah. And so he has to call him back to tell him, Hey, I can't come, but you know, I've got this great person I know that could come and speak yeah. and in place of me. So the guy like starts talking to him like, Hey, uh, what if we, um, you know, fly you out here and, you know, he knew that he liked horses or his wife liked horses or something like that. He was like, yeah, what if we, we take you out to where the Kentucky Derby is and we, we would take you on our private plane and, um, you can, you can, or like the helicopter and fly you right over the horses at Kentucky. And like, he was just trying to, he was talking about creating value yeah. and he was just telling him that the guy just kept selling him all this stuff, which, you know, he was already going to, you know, get him out there, but right. he just kept yeah. up in the value. Of right. It. And I was like that, that's something that I never really thought of is yeah. just already giving somebody the experience that they were going to pay for, yeah. but start adding a little bit of this and that and something that's not going to, not going to break your bank, but also not going to break your back as yeah. far as like having to do too much. Right. So that, that's something that I've seen certain businesses do. Like, have you ever heard of Cymatics? I it's a, not. so it's two young guys. They're uh, drew and Steven, but they started out just like making like sample sample packs, like melodies and okay. uh, like loot packs and uh, beat packs and stuff like that. But right now they make, tons of money yeah. by just making like loot packs and stuff like that. But they do like really cool stuff. So one thing that they do is they, they send you text messages and emails of like reminders and they'll send you like free beat packs. Like they just did one called Pharaoh yeah. and it's like a free beta pack, but they come out with a, like An the expanded actual, pack. Yeah. Like that. the actual yeah. pack that you pay for. And it, you. it comes with Ugh. like the loops and it comes with like for a bonus, we give you these melodies. And then for the second bonus, we give you these drums. And then for a third bonus, you get like a, a custom USB. And then for a fourth bonus, you get this. And then um, they they do it and they say, you we only have 1,500 of these licenses. So click this to get on the waiting list. Yep. I'm just like, dude, y'all are marketing geniuses because yeah. you're making people feel like they're getting something that right. is a limited time, yeah. and which it literally is. Like they don't sell it again. Yeah. But it's the fact that you know they're going to make another beat back. <laughs> like, yeah. They're going to make more melodies. But yeah. that one thing, yeah. they make that thing special to people. Right. Yeah, creating urgency. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> man, some people are really good at it. 
and and that's 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 the thing it's like just uh giving a quality product or service that you can you know create that urgency and that that demand Mm -hmm. it's like right now we're booked out six weeks at the dental office which is like unheard of (laughs) Normally, like you're you're booked out maybe a week or two, and you can get some emergency patients in if they're hurting or whatnot. We can't see anyone right now. Dang, outside of six weeks. That's crazy. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And um, and how long y'all had that? A year. Uh, last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's about creating that culture and yeah. creating the the patient base that you know that wants to come in yeah. and part of that I think is COVID I really do um, you know people are like we were shut down for two months two and a half months mm-hmm. and so the stuff that they had been putting off they couldn't get in when they were hurting yeah because we couldn't see anyone mm-hmm. um, and so now they're like there's a sense of urgency of like we don't want it to shut down again like I, <laughs> I really need to get this crown like yeah uh, like okay well you know let's do it so I think the acceptance rate of cases has gone up, mm-hmm. um, which has made more people get in quicker um, and just booking like crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's something to say when you can, you can book that far in advance because people want to be there. Yeah. Not because they have to be there. Yeah. Um, and that's what most of it is. Uh, I mean, we're averaging almost 50 patients a month, Whew. new patients. That's crazy. Um, which is like awesome. Uh, like it's business. Yeah, it's great. Um, and the life lifetime value of all of those patients, you know, a lot of them are just one timers. They're hurting. They just want a tooth pulled out. Great. Uh, but if we can convert them to an actual patient, then that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, to be able to create that culture is awesome. And like, cause there's a, there's a, an eye doctor in town where we have our practice and they're booked out a year in advance. Yeah. Ooh. Like if you miss your appointment, <laughs> it's going to be a year Holy before you crap. get back in. That's the kind of office we want to have. Jesus. It's like to where you cannot, like it, it's the supply and demand. Yeah. It's like the demand is so high that you better keep your appointment. You better get everything you need done. Otherwise, it's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. And that's the vision we have for yeah. the practice. And we've sold that vision to our employees. And uh, to our staff and, and, you know, just trying to, to make sure that we, um, continually sell that vision, not only to them, but to ourselves, Yeah, you know, when it gets hard, uh, and we have a week of just crazy patients, um, and, and just in business in general, you know, just trying to create that value. How much work are you doing for like other people for like, uh, for so, I, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. So tough question, Jackson. Yeah. So, um, I know you were doing like the photography yep. and the videos and stuff like that, uh-huh. doing like some commercials and whatnot. Sure. So, uh, I guess outside of, so I guess you're technically working for yourself with yeah. the dentist place, and then you're working for yourself with, um, with music, I guess. Yep. But like, it's do people just try to like want to hire you? I guess working for other people would be like um, the the example you went to Kansas. Sure. So how much of that do you get? People just contacting you and being like, oh, I need. So just hiring me. To do, yeah. Do I, I need stuff. Kurt to come do this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not as much. Uh, so like Monday through Wednesday, I'm at the dental office um, and I help during the day uh, on different stuff on the business side and then the insurance side. And then um, 
at night and is when I really like do more management, mixing, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess as far as like videography, photography, I have that to do if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not focusing on it right now. Yeah. Um, So like very, most people aren't like, hey, you do videos because I don't advertise it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very seldom that that happens unless I'm trying to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I have that skill set. So it's like, yeah. like if the dental office needs one, I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it saves a ton of cash. We have high quality. It's great. Um, but uh, as far as like the studio side, I mean, quite often, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I, I find those clients that are recurring, yeah. you know, and now I'm, I'm managing a producer. So, um, I, I do all of his mixing for all of his clients. So I'm like, mm. there's a flow here. Yeah. So like I'm managing him with his clients and then I'm mixing those clients. Mm. So it's like this big circle. Yeah. Um, Double dipping. <laughs> hey, you know, I, you know, I, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but trying to, to figure out those things, you know, um, I thought, uh, Henry Ford was a great example of this was like, he wanted to own, every single part of the supply chain Mm. like from the rubber that he was making for his tires he wanted to own a rubber plant Mm. uh he he wanted to to own uh like there was a a coal mine um that he to fuel his factories like the electricity (laughs) like he wanted to own a coal mine um like he wanted to own every single piece of it, so that way it would be cheaper for him. Yeah. But then also he would have those direct lines. Um, so finding ways to have full circle stuff is is very important. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to not only drink coffee as a sponsor, but to be able to be the main investor or to be a silent partner. Yeah. Um, it all comes full circle, right? Um, so like if you owned a stake in Sony. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and you wanted to, to make more money, well, try to figure out ways to push more product Yeah, through a podcast or whatever, Yeah, you know? Um, and that's kind of how, um, like I, I did a podcast or a vlog ish mm-hmm. thing for a little while. Like it was yours. Yeah, it was mine. And I just talked about bands, you know, I talked about like, uh, I think my, uh, my biggest one which was still nothing, but it was, it was called Maroon five versus Foo Fighters, Hmm. um, which everybody was like, what? Like, yeah. Um, it was just a little gimmick to like clickbait. Um, but it was talking about the different, like what, what is a good band name? Oh, okay. Like, okay, well, how do you know if you have a good band name? How do you know if you have a good artist name, whatever? Yeah. Um, and the point that I made is like, it doesn't matter. Hmm. Maroon 5 is a color and a number. Yeah. The Foo Fighters was based off of a, like World War One or World War II, like fighter plane, like mm. a, a group of fighters that, that did stuff. And they were called the Foo Fighters. Oh. And that's okay. how they got their name. It's like. Have you heard of um, what Hagen Doss means? Have you ever heard that? I think I've heard <laughs> this one, but, but go ahead and enlighten. So, enlighten. um, so. I actually went to this program for the job that I have uh, working at Owens Corning, but um, there was an AAM program, is Academy of Advanced Manufacturing. So we're there, and these companies are trying to pitch themselves to us. Sure, and uh, so you know, so we'll want to come work for them. 
And yep. uh, <laughs> so the people from haagen come up there. I think it's Nestle is who yep. owns haagen So the first thing this guy comes up, he's like, all right, show of hands, who knows what haagen means? And like not nobody really opened, uh, raised their hand at first. And like one person raised their hand and uh, he's like, what does it mean? And then they were like, uh, I can't remember. I think it means yada, yada. He's like, nope. And then he's like, everybody give up. He's like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a name somebody came up with because it sounded like German or Swedish yeah. or whatever. It's just a random name. It literally means nothing. <laughs> and I was like, that's genius. Yeah. It just sounds like a cool name, right. but it, it literally means nothing. Right. right. But you brand it. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, you, you create something and then you brand it and you, you make it a household name or, or whatever, you know, yeah. you, you create the culture around it. Um, and then it becomes an entity of its own. Yeah. Um, like Maroon five, like <laughs> what? a color and a number. Yeah. But if you say Maroon five, it's got an attachment to it. They're a massive band. Mm hmm. You know, and have been for the last 20 years. Yeah. Or 15, whatever. Yeah. However long they've been around. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's um, you know, creating that brand mm-hmm. um, and, and and trying to make sure. So, like, we, we named our, our company Covington Family Dental, and it's okay. in Covington. Um, I intentionally, um, for one, if we ever sold it, we could just, it's super easy to keep the name and just put a new dentist in there. Correct. Yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about going from a dental name to another dental name and then people getting confused as to what's going on. Absolutely. Like, like what we're going through right now with the new name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the town name. So I, I wanted it to be like easily okay, searchable. Yeah. Easily searchable. And then it's like the, we are the town dentist, mm. right? Uh, we're not just like a random dentist with a name. Like we are Covington Family Dental. Yeah, um, that's genius. And then I also used uh, the same, like kind of a sports lettering brand uh, mm. for for the the logo, like the font. Uh, yeah. So and then um, I used the same colors as the school colors mm. or our branding colors. <laughs> <laughs> so all them all them kids in yeah, school. Yeah, all the come. parents and the kids and and everyone and, and we're school mascot. Right. And everything. <laughs> yeah. So and we're 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 the I, I no one in the area like sponsors any events really um, as far as dental goes. Mm. So we're the the sponsor for the football games, for the basketball <laughs> games. For, that's crazy. Like we we want to be a powerhouse. Yeah. Like we want to be known, and so and that's how you how you do it. You have to be creative in in how you get into that market. Yeah. Um, and then once people get in the door, that's when the show really starts. Mm-hmm. But you have to get them in the door. Absolutely. Um, so all those little things will cater to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it all aligns, it's like, okay, cool. Like they have all their ducks in a row. This is, this is what it is. Um, I don't know how we got on that. I don't know either. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what uh, I think. Okay. So the original question was, I guess, or the last question I remember was, uh, something that people don't do that, yeah, yeah. I, that I do in Memphis. Yeah. Uh, hands down customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to slap people in the face when, <laughs> when they don't have great customer service and yeah. or tell them my father-in-law does that like, mm-hmm. at a restaurant and it irks me. Um, but, uh, and it makes me uncomfortable more, more than anything. Cause I, I don't like getting out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. but, but you know, he owns a business and, 
uh, anytime the server is like just terrible, mm-hmm. he'll let them know. And like, look, I own a business and customer service is super important to me. It needs to be important to you too. Mm. Can you go get your manager? Oh man. <laughs> like, and I'm like, why, why am I sitting here? <laughs> we could have just left. I mean, yeah. Like <laughs> just pay for the food and go like, yeah. just, just dine and dash. Cause I, yeah. Like I don't like doing that, Yeah, but so many times I just want to be like, dude, just, just do what's right. Yeah. Like I'm giving you an opportunity, do what's right. And I won't be upset. Yeah. But if you don't, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm just like, okay, well I just won't use them anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to tell them. Yeah. Rachel, she likes leaving reviews on stuff. I like, like if they, she gets bad service, she'll leave a bad review. I'm not that type of person. I just would rather just not order from them again. Yeah. So, but you know, some, Sometimes that helps uh, other people out by leaving bad reviews. Uh, Good reviews also help out a lot. So it's it's kind of a yeah your personality. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's the driving force of us. I mean at the dental practice, our goal is 105 star reviews this year, and we're at 85. I think right now. Um, Are you encouraging people to leave those reviews? Yeah. 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 After they leave, they get a text message after three hours after their appointment. I'm just saying, hey, um, you know, just let us know by giving us a five star review and leave us a comment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only been one one star review, and that wasn't even a patient of ours. Interesting. Someone got fired, and pretty sure. Someone, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, and 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 that's the thing, like. Reviews are important, yeah. Uh, especially our generation, for some reason, they, oh, yeah. like they they look at reviews, and um, you know, it has to be a really, really bad experience for me to leave a review, yes. or a really awesome experience for me to leave a review. I don't just leave reviews. Correct. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm not going to go there ever again. Yeah, or I'll try it again, like one time, mm-hmm. one more time. You know, like maybe it was just a bad day, yeah. and then. Yeah, that was terrible. So I'm just not going to come back. I had a really bad experience with Clips, the uh, the speaker company. Huh. I bought a – they were having like some sort of discount sale or whatever. Sure. So I don't know if the stuff was like refurbished or what, but I bought a surround sound. I bought a sound bar, and it came with a subwoofer, and then also added on like the two um, like surround sound speakers. They were like this big, and um, – they were not loud at all, like at all. Like sure. I could barely hear them when I turned the sound up like yeah. over halfway up. And yeah. so I was like. It sounds like the preamp was damaged. I was like, these are trash. So, um, and then they started making like static noises, like um, like they were about to go out, like there was a short in them. So yeah. I just contacted Clips and I was like, hey, these are bad. Um, I just want to return them. So they told me I could return them, whatever. And. It, it was so hard getting touch with their customer su- support and it was like impossible. And then I ended up, um, having, t- Oh, they, so it was, this was like right when COVID hit. So I sent them an email and then they were like, Hey, um, they always send like the, like a automatic reply saying yeah. that we're trying to get back with you. Yeah. So I think a month went by and I was just thinking, I need to hear back from them. So I emailed them again and same thing. Oh, we'll get back with you. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. So finally they I talked to somebody and then they said, fill out this thing and you can do your refund. I was like, okay. So when I tried to do that, there's nothing on the website that says like fill this thing out. Like it's you can't just click on the thing to fill it out. Sure. So I had to 
I am like one of the customer support people. And then they had to send it to me. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, why would that not just be on the page? Yeah. And then they didn't have like my information or whatever uh-huh. to actually do the re- refund. So they had to like keep calling me and I had to keep calling them. And yeah. it, it was just very a, disorganized, very. And it was just an awful experience. So they did send me like a survey and, and yeah. I, I told them how bad the experience was. And I was like, yeah. I, I'm never going to do business with you again because right. it was such a bad experience. Yeah. The, the sound bar is really nice. Yeah. And the, the subwoofer is really nice. But just the cus the 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 speakers just being bad and okay, so I paid I think three hundred and something for the for the soundbar and the subwoofer, and then the those small speakers, just those two were like two hundred and eighty nine dollars. Those things are like yeah three ninety nine a piece yeah yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. So yeah, I was I was like, no, I'm never gonna do business with Clips again. It was just yeah. a bad experience. That's sad, and and you know that's those bottlenecks like that that like people don't realize um, owners of companies don't realize like what like where those bottlenecks are mm-hmm. where people could have bad experiences. Yeah, um, are so important to find out as an owner, um, regardless of what size co- corporation you are, and mm-hmm. uh, whether you're super small or super big, like. Um, and that's something that Disney does very well. Hmm. Um, so be our guest, that book talked about, um, like as a business, like you have to find the bottlenecks and find a way to mitigate them. Hmm. So for instance, parking was, have you ever been to Disney world? I haven't. Disneyland? No. Any theme park? Well, I mean, yeah, I've been to theme park. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you know how crazy parking is. You have to park like two miles away and yeah. walk in. Sometimes they have trolleys, sometimes, whatever. So at Disney World, they they saw that people would forget where they park mm-hmm. every single day, like every single day mm-hmm. um, because it's a massive complex. So you get there and you park and, and the, basically it's just in the order that you get there, that you just park and then you go to the trolley, you go to the front and go to the park and they take you to the park. Well, um, they noticed that, like I said, that they – people forgot where they parked. Well, at the end of the day, you're super tired. You've been in the heat all day. Brain fog. Yeah. You just, (laughs) yeah, you just, you don't, and and you're, so you're stressed, you're freaking out. You can't find your car and you're just not in the right mind. Yeah. So what Disney started doing was to mitigate that was that every single uh, trolley driver kept a log of what parking lot that they were in Mm -hmm. around the time that they were working. So, and they would just hand it to the next person who came in the next shift. So by the end of the day, um, if you came in at 8 AM that morning, or if you came in at 2 PM that afternoon, the Mm. guy at the end of the day, who's taking you to your parking lot can look at that log to see about, and cause you, you remember what time you got there. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I got there at 1030. He looks at the log. They're like, well, that was in Aladdin parking lot. Wow. So let's go look in that parking lot. Dang, that's crazy. So they and they figure that out, and so like I was like, man, how can I apply this to what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at bottlenecks, and I was like, man, you know, the the front is like 
people coming in, people going out, like people just congregate there at the front. So that's a mm-hmm. bottleneck for us. So I was trying to figure out like all this stuff. And right now it's easy because we don't have a reception area open. Mm-hmm. So people have to stay in their cars. So if someone's up there at the front going out, then I just wait. It's like, hey, just hang out in your car. You know, we'll be out in just a second. Um, and then someone leaves. And then so I come get somebody and try to mitigate the patient interaction with yeah. everything going on. Um, so, you know, trying to look for those bottlenecks in your business and trying to mitigate and figure out a creative way to keep people happy, Mm -hmm. but to also not potentially have those bottlenecks at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's another great book. (laughs) Be our guest. Yeah. It's really cool. I, um, I actually just bought the, how I built this book and that like, I've been listening to those podcasts and those those make you truly realize how n- normal, like just normal people can just develop into these extraordinary people who like we look up to like, you know, Bill Gates or Elon Musk and stuff like that. But they were just normal people who had a vision and stuck to it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that's just like it. People just have this preconception of, oh, that person was just meant to do that or right. like oh, they've got something that I don't have and sure. I, I can't do what they did. Yeah. But it's like, no, they just had a vision and they just kept going at it and then like relentlessly pursued it. Yeah. And the reason why, like, I truly believe some people just will not be successful. And right. it's not because they aren't meant to. No. It's because they just don't have the mindset for it. Right. So you have to develop that mindset. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I mean, it's sad, but like I could, I could literally have a conversation with somebody and be like, yeah, you're not meant. To, I mean, you're just not going to be somebody that you really want to be just because you don't have the mindset. Like right. you don't have the attitude for it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't told anybody that. I'm just saying like, if, if I had a conversation, I could I tell. Have. <laughs> <laughs> I told people that. Um, like I could definitely tell just by talking to somebody and like seeing what they do. Yeah. Like what, what are your habits? Yeah. Like what do you, what do you do on a daily basis? Are you, are you reading? Like, you know, do you have manuals to the things that you're trying to learn like are you actually practicing this thing are you like telling other people about it so i could just look at your habits look at your daily schedule and just know like oh you're going to be successful because you work at this or you're not going to be successful because you you haven't done anything to improve yourself sure and it's i mean it sucks just to tell somebody like yo (laughs) you're not going to be successful (laughs) but yeah it's true well and that's so the two the Early on, the, uh, my first mentor, um, he gave me advice on uh, on two things. First of all, he told me pretty much the first time I met him was, um, Kirk, you're going to fail. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is a great start. We're, first impressions, everything. This is, uh, this is wonderful. Um, and he said, fail faster. Mm. He's like, success is through failure. It's not through doing everything right every yeah. single time you can only learn through failure so um he was like fail faster mm. so i learned i was like man okay so i just need to do it yeah and just fail yeah and learn and and you know look to people for wisdom and how they did it and so i i don't do that if they did something wrong but just failing faster i was like okay this is awesome the second piece of advice was if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm. So like that. if you're not growing, if you're not bettering yourself consistently, if you're not looking to try to be better, 
then you're regressing. Yeah. You know, and, and that's same thing with working out, right? You know, if you're not working out, your body is slowly getting weaker mm-hmm. in general. Your bones, your muscle, like not just your tone. Yeah. Like not the way you look necessarily, but your bones are getting weaker. Uh, your immune system's getting weaker. Yeah. Um, and so people who don't exercise die faster. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's science. Yeah. So that, that concept, if you're not growing, you're dying. It's so true in every single aspect of life. Yeah. It's like gravity. You know, yeah. If you're not, if you're not going up, then you're right. either, then you're falling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that, so if you're not growing, you're dying. It's, um, it's a great mantra, um, to, to keep like pushing forward. Uh, to keep failing, mm-hmm. uh, to keep learning. Will Smith had the same thing. He was like, you just got to get, if, to be very successful, you got to get comfortable with failure. Yes. And chase it. Yes. You have to chase failure. Yeah. So that way you can learn. Yeah. Um, and if you do it faster than anyone else, then you're going to have success <laughs> yeah. faster than anyone else. Yeah. You know, you do have to be, you know, strategic. You know, we say things like that, like little anecdotes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and people are like, Oh yeah, I'll just I just need to fail. <laughs> no, like there yeah. are things besides that. Yeah, but the concept is there, um, you know, and trying to to learn new things, to never stop reading. I'm not a reader, mm-hmm. so I, I listen to Audible. Like, oh, okay. I, I do. I have a 35 minute commute to to the office, mm-hmm. um, so I get an hour and 10 minutes. And I have it on one and a half to one point two five, depending on what it, how fast the reader is. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can't do it on one and a half. You're like, okay, Grant Cardone is like <laughs> crazy in this book. Let me dial that back a little bit. Um, but I mean, I can read three or four books a month mm-hmm. in that commute. Yeah. And then I read outside of that sometimes too. So it's like, okay, well, I'm set to do sixty books this month. I'm on like fifty three mm-hmm. um, right now. And, um, but, but it's interesting, even if you're not like engaging with it, it's just there. And then ever so often you get a nugget. Well, if you get a nugget a day, that's 365 nuggets a year. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's what, um, another mentor of mine said, he was like, I met Michael Jordan. And basically what I took from his conversation is you grow 1% a day, Mm. 1%. That's nice. Because if you grow 1% a day, not massive, Mm. But 1% a day, that's 365% a year. That's great. <laughs> Never thought about that. That's over 1,000% in three years. <laughs> Do you know how it would be awesome if you just grew 100% <laughs> right. twice of what you were doing? That's over three times of what you're currently doing at the beginning of the year towards the end of the year. Yeah. 1% a day. And that's what the vision that we sell to our, our staff members mm-hmm. and our team members. Um, it's like just 1% a day. Just grow just a little bit. Yeah. Learn something new. One thing. Uh, I, I know we've been talking about Gary a lot. But, yeah, um, yeah he, of course. He said something. What was it? Oh, he always talks about how he loves losing. Yeah. And some people probably don't really truly understand what he's saying. Like yeah. he's, he's just saying, like, I like to take shots. Yeah. And if I miss it, I miss it. But I guess what? Yeah, I learned a lot about that shot. Yeah. People always bring up the, um, the quote by uh, Thomas Edison about yeah. he found out a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Yeah. Well, you just got to take those shots. And you, as you yeah. said, you can't be scared of it. And the more you do it, the more you won't be scared of it. Yeah. Well, do you watch the office? 
Yes, oh, I've seen it. I've seen, I think I've seen it all twice. Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> we're watching through it. I think the fourth time right now. So, um, yeah, you know, and and as he says, you know, you you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't make. Yeah, Michael Scott. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, um, you know, and and that's so true. Like just shoot. Like I play Fortnite, and which is so weird. But um, <laughs> oh no, I'm, but I'm, yeah, I'm a Call of Duty guy. Yeah, myself. I do too. I play Warzone. It's great. Um, but I play Fortnite and. Um, it's a lot of fun, but, but like, it's so true of like, you literally, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. So like, I will whip out a sniper rifle and just shoot mm-hmm. nine times out of 10. I don't hit it. Yeah. But you took it. But I took it <laughs> because that one time I took someone down. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just shoot. Yeah. Like, and the same thing with business It's like, okay, don't go into this, you know, just setting yourself up for failure, just do it. Yeah. Like you will fail somewhere, but in that failure, you're going to find success. So like I had nursery rhymes for four years. It was awesome. Made tons of money. I technically failed in that because I didn't diversify, Mm -hmm. but I learned how to build an infrastructure. Yeah. I learned how to diversify. And now I have all of this craziness that to where the dental practice shut down. I had all the studio stuff. It paid our bills. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, That's why I think people should do things that they know nothing about. Yeah. Like doing things you know nothing about will teach you so much about the things you do know about. Yeah. I don't know know anything about dentistry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do now. Yeah. Yeah. But but like everything. It's probably helped you in other avenues. It has. It has. And and it's brought me. And and that's the thing. It's like business 101, you can take that anywhere. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what industry it is. And um I think I forget what it's called, but uh, there's a book that that talks about basically you have to have a steady flow of stuff of of thoughts and ideas and stuff from other industries all the time. Yeah, because the things that maybe they're doing in this industry that no one's doing in yours could help just revolutionize your industry. Mm. Um, so, like for instance, Ray Kroc with McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to franchise a restaurant was like what yeah yeah but grocery stores were doing it mm-hmm. okay so he he was like okay cool let, let me let me try this billion dollar idea yeah and now every restaurant is, yeah. <laughs> is franchising <laughs> Everybody so does it. like and and that's the thing like dental offices franchise like they the corporate dental offices mm-hmm. um, they just try to find new people more people and more people and more people and more businesses and, and just keep going yeah um yeah, it was business but I I was uh, I helped out a friend um, and was the COO of a clothing line um, for a little while, and uh, and I learned so much about distribution channels and and growing infrastructure and making connections in that. Um, and you have to constantly be six months ahead of the industry mm-hmm. to know what's the next thing. Well, then I took that to artistry, and I'm like you have to know what's about to come out when you're writing stuff because you're not going to be put. You, you don't need to. This is what most people do. It's like, hey, I wrote a song. We're going to put it out in three weeks. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah. Have a plan. Have a, like a structure, a marketing plan, a rollout plan, and all that stuff. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you have to be six months to a year out of from the industry to kind of see where the industry is going. Yeah. You have to have that vision. And there's this, like, line of you don't need to be too far ahead but you don't need to be too far behind either. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, and there are those people that capitalize on what is now, Mm -hmm. which is cool, but they don't make the money like the revolutionaries, you know, like the people who are copying Drake don't make Drake money. Mm -hmm. That's Drake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The people who like Khalid who came in was like, okay, I'm going to do this cool thing and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Change the game yeah, for yeah. a lot of stuff. And now he's on everything right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's what people do. Like the revolutionaries are the ones who make the money, mm-hmm. who are doing their own thing that are unique, but they're not too far ahead to where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's, so, that's I think, um, I think that was Travis Scott back yeah. in, did, did you ever hear that song, Upper Echelon? Dude, I didn't even know who he was until the Super Bowl. So I was like, why do they have a no-name on the Super Bowl? Like, what? So Travis Scott, the first song I ever heard with – I think the first song I ever heard him in was a song called Upper Echelon. He actually signed to Hustle Gang, okay. which is uh, T.I.'s yeah. uh, music group. He signed to them, I want to say it was like 2012 or 2013, something yeah. like that. And he had this song called Upper Echelon. Like, there's a video of um, they're like in the woods, and it's T.I., Travis Scott, and I think somebody else is in this there's song. A bunch of I think like two chains. Rappers in the woods. Yeah, right. That's, that's kinda... <laughs> it was like a random video, but that's all Travis Scott. Aren't they videos. scared of the woods? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's so like weird. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I I'd heard that song, never heard about Travis Scott again yeah. until he started popping up with that. Um, the rodeo that yep. was the name of his like big mixtape or album or whatever. Sure. And, um, I was like, man, I haven't heard a song from this dude. And I think the rodeo came out in like 2015 or something like that. So it'd been like two or three years since I'd heard anything from him. Yeah. And then he's everywhere. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, that, that transition of, you know, whatever the heck happened in between sure. there. And they just, I don't know if they just like marketed him better or what, but they, yeah. They figured something out. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and just put the right things in place and, yeah. and people liked it and then they capitalized on it and leveraged it. And, and, and that's the thing. Like it's, it's and especially in the music industry, you, you, you just have to find the vein and get in that lane and yeah. just like ride it as long as you can and then find what else works. And then yeah. you, you know, it's a slow grind and then something cool happens and you go up to here and then it's a slow grind and it goes up to here and then it's slow grind, but mm-hmm. it keeps growing exponentially. It's like your portfolio, your investment portfolio. You just have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and let and it, it compound. Let it do itself. Yeah. It's going to compound. It's going to grow, but you have to, you have to be in it for that slow grind. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like you're not going to, you're going to burn out. And that's what, once again, Gary V mm-hmm. uh, talks about, you got to be in love with the process. Mm-hmm. You can't be in love with trying to be successful. Like, oh yeah. You have to be in love with the process of becoming successful yeah, uh, because you're never, you're going to always going to be chasing it. Yeah. Always. Um, and like with music, um, I I'm going to be talking to D about this. Okay. Like you need to figure out, are you in the business because you love it or yeah. are you in the business because it can make you money? Yeah. And there's a, um, there's a sn- snippet from, I can't remember what mixtape, but Lil Wayne is talking about, um, God, what is he saying? Oh, he's saying, music is my life. It's like, it's your job. He's like, this is my life. He's like, when I go to the club, when I'm at, you know, certain venues or concerts, he's like, that's my job. He was like, when I'm in a studio, it's my life. (laughs) And so I think some people, they need to understand like, 
what like whatever you're doing, make that a part of your life because yeah. then you'll look at it differently. Right. Uh, like when I thought about him saying that, oh, like going to like he doesn't really want to be at that club. Like he doesn't right. really want to have to be at that concert because he has to do it because it makes him money and that's right. his job. Yep. But just the act of making the music, yeah. that's his life. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference when yeah. you have that mindset towards something. Like if you like if you go into it with it's just a means to an end, like it's just not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you take that fun out of it. Right. Now I I do things that I don't like, but like I, I'd still enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, even in the things like in writing music, like you're not going to like some stuff, Yeah, but you do it anyway because the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. <laughs> you might not have, you know, wanted to do nursery rhymes. Oh like gosh. That, but no. it, made you, it made some good money. Though. Yeah. And I learned a ton, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's the thing. If you go into it, just like, okay, well, what can I learn from this? Yeah. Um, not like, Oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And you know, with dentistry, like I, I, and I told my wife this, and she knows this, and she was, I was like, I, I mean, there's no way I could have gotten a job at a dental office <laughs> had you not been the dentist. Like, yeah, I, I just couldn't because that's not my skill set. Exactly. But I can learn, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm willing to learn to help the business. Yeah. Um, and I think if you go into it with with that kind of mindset, it's just like, okay, well, let me be generous. You know, let me be consistent and do what I say I'm going to do and, you know, just go from there. What's next for Kirk? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I am starting to invest in real estate. Okay. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's actually not. <laughs> so, well, it's a learning curve. It's, yeah. you know, it's something new. So like we have the dental practice, it's mm-hmm. kind of on automation now. Yep. Like I've, I've yep. figured it out. So I've, I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that, that me and my wife want to both get into. Okay. So like we, it was really cool to, when we were like, okay, we're going to buy the dental practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was like, will you be in this with me? I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I will help you as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I stuck to that once again, being consistent, say what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, once we kind of got on the same wavelength, just things that we do are just exponentially better mm-hmm. and grow so much faster. Yeah. Um, so like when we, we just bought the practice building, like the building that we're in, um, and then, uh, we bought our house um, we, we went to the lake, her uncle has a place at the lake and he was telling us about how, you know, he basically rents it out the weeks that he's not there. I was like, genius. <laughs> okay. We've been, we've been thinking about this already. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, okay, you know, break down the numbers for me. What, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, yeah, you know, if I've done this, I've done this. And basically as long as I do this, it pays for itself. Like, okay, so as long as I can find a, like where we frequently vacation, one, it's a tax deduction mm-hmm. at that point if you own it and you rent it out and you're just checking on it. Yep. Okay. Um, so we're going to buy a place potentially at a lake somewhere because we like going there. Yeah. And we like hanging out um, for the weekend or whatever um, and then rent it out the rest of the time we're not there. Yeah. So if we want to go once a month, cool, block off that week 
rent it out the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Have someone to clean it and do all that stuff, and and then you just you know you just hang out. Yeah. Um, but then we we've also looked at uh, you know being strategic and like okay, well we go to your parents a lot. Let's find a place that we can buy that's in the same city as your parents. So every time we go visit your parents, <laughs> it's a tax deduction. Yep. We yep. swing by, we check on the house, and then we go see your parents. Nice. Um, like trying to find things like that. They're like, okay, how can I be smarter about this? Mm-hmm. Um, investing more, uh, you know, is, is always is always good. Um, I'm waiting for the election mm. uh, because historically it, the market always goes down after the election. Mm. Um, so I'm still investing, but like – I'm going to be a little more aggressive at the first of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Um, when the market goes down. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I am now as far as vision. Like I want to, to get to where we're doing uh, 20,000 in passive income a month mm-hmm. um, in real estate. Yeah. Um, so that way, uh, you know, either we can keep going on with the dental practice or we can sell it or whatever. Okay. Um, and then just focus on investing. Okay. Because that's, that's where we want to be, you know, in 10 years, whatever. Um, and, uh, work on it together and be, go with the cash flow quadrant, um, go from self-employed and then business owner to investor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we want to stay in that realm. Um, and invest in businesses and invest in real estate and go from there. What is something that you want to just like give to everybody? Like this, this tidbit information, you have something like that. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah. If you got nothing, no, you got nothing. No, we, I mean, we've no, said a lot. Yeah. Well, we've, <laughs> we've talked about it throughout the whole podcast. Yeah. It's just, gosh, be a go giver. You know, there's something to say about being a go getter. Yeah. But, I definitely suggest that book for everybody. Yeah. Kurt gave me that book and I was like, this is amazing. So I I suggest it for everybody. Right. Well, it's in parable form. So it's, it's, it's a story, you know, but it has so many great nuggets and concepts. And at the end of the book, the authors talk about the book. Yeah. Like they talk about question, frequent questions that they get about the book and then they answer those questions and stuff. Um, but that whole series is great. Um, but, uh, that was like the tipping point. Like I said, for everything that I'm doing is, is like, okay, you know, if I can give, and, and it's not necessarily financially, like it's of your time mm-hmm. and, and, and all sorts of stuff. If I can change my mindset to where I'm giving value in everything, um, so from the waitress asking them about their day, mm-hmm. trying to give to that that relationship and yep. that engagement, yep. to our team members at work, to my wife, to my kids, if I can give um, and also learn to receive you know, there's a balance there. Yeah. But, um, if I can learn to give and be generous with my giving, then things just literally just open up the floodgates. Yeah. And it, and it just, it just works. Um, but before I go, let's talk about the three books. Okay. (laughs) Three best books right now. You. Ooh. Um, Man, that you would suggest. I'm putting you on the spot now. Uh, so I was. I read this book. Und, I think it's Undeniable by Bill Nye. Yeah, you've heard of that. Yeah, that was a good book. Um, I haven't really done a lot of reading, so this is actually kind of hard for me. Well, you should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to do more. Yeah. I'm trying to do it for money for right? these audio books. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, you said emotional intelligence. Yeah, the emotional right? intelligence so, book. I mean, that was phenomenal. I definitely suggest that for people. Okay, so that's two. And hmm, I've got like a whole bookcase down there, and I can't even think. Uh, oh, I read some book by um, Stephen Hawking's. Oh. It was well, also read um, by what's his name, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, um, astrophysics for people in a hurry. That's a <laughs> <laughs> what a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, that no, was, no, that was that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he he, and to be like a nerd. Yeah, like. For him, he's so popular. Yes, yes. Because he puts it in layman's terms and he makes it fun. He's like the Bill Nye of today. Yes, like, yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's that's what's cool about him. Yeah. Uh, Every, everything I've said is like science, like yeah, emotional intelligence. Um, yeah, I'm a big science person, yeah. but yeah, that book, um, the the Bill Nye book. Sure. Um, I don't remember the name because Stephen Hawkins has like multiple books that have similar names. One of them's like. Um, the theory of like stuff that just like happens in science and it has like different names and it's kind of like the same subject. Interesting. So huh. yeah, anything by Stephen Hawkins, I suggest it. Yeah. Anything by Bill Nye or uh, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson, I definitely suggest wow. it. So yeah, I, I, you can look at my bookcase downstairs. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, pretty cool. it's pretty big, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Weird flex, but okay. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, how can people reach you? Uh, gosh, uh, they could just email me <laughs> uh, at kirkteachout at gmail.com. Super easy. Teach as in teacher and then out. Uh, K-I-R-K teach out at gmail.com. Super easy. Um, I am going to tell you my three books though. So, oh. That's, oh, uh, so uh, go giver. Number one, um, besides the Bible, these are the three. Uh, Go-Giver, Extreme Ownership, which is by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Okay. Two uh, Navy SEALs. Awesome book. Um, and then uh, The Compound Effect. Okay. That sounds cool. Compound Effect. Yeah. You got to read it. Okay. It's great. I'll check that it's out. It's great. But yeah, those are the – but yeah, yeah, anyone can contact me, kirkteachout at gmail.com, um, and just find me on social media. I think my tags are Kirkus Maximus forty five. I guess that was yeah. a pretty cool name. You I know, yeah. I, I love uh, Gladiator, so it's dude. Like, that's like my favorite movie. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius, man. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Kirkus Maximus forty five um, on Instagram and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I and I just I I don't think there's. I mean, sometimes people slip through the cracks, but most of the time, I just I help everyone that comes my way. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for everybody tuning in and see you next time.